Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Mofobo Network podcast as always thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen to this episode we always have a ton to talk about here in the wide world of sports and today like always is no exception as today we are going to be doing my major league baseball preview and prediction that is right today is opening day it is thursday july 24 2020 Uh, This episode will be out at about 3 or 4 o'clock today, so a couple hours before we have our first game of the season, which is between the defending World Series champion Washington Nationals and the Bronx Bomber New York Yankees. That game is at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Following that game, there will be a second opening day game as the Los Angeles Dodgers, who will look to try to finally get over the hump and win a World Series, and especially after signing Mookie Betts to his, I think it was 12, 13 year, two, you know, $332 million extension, as they will be taking on the San Francisco Giants. And yes, it is an even year. And obviously it hasn't been going uh, the way it was going earlier on uh, this past decade for the Giants. It is an even year. So anything can happen. We shall see. But yes, Major League Baseball is finally here. It is ready to go. The first of a 60-game season for every single team. And I thought before we kind of got into my predictions and what I expect to see, I would like to talk about some of the new rule changes that you're going to be seeing. And if you haven't been able to watch any of the scrimmages that your local team or your favorite team has been able to play, here's some of the things that you – probably will see at some point, you know, either now or later on in the season um, that you should probably know about. One of them is the big one, something that has been talked about for many years that's actually being implemented this year, is the universal designated hitter. So that means that not only is the American League doing it, but the National League is doing it. So this year, you will see no pitchers hitting home runs, no pitchers hitting well over 400 or what, or something crazy like that. You won't see that. Every team now will be using a DH, which I think, in my opinion, with regards to National League teams, they do get an opportunity to have another solid bat in their lineup. So I'll use the Mets for an example. 
the Mets, knowing that Yoenis Cespedes is actually playing this year, could have him just be the DH and not have him running around as he still recovers from his uh, lower body injury. So they could use that. Um, you know, if you, if the Reds want to have Joey Votto just be a DH and not worry about the field, they could do that. Um, you know, so every single National League team has an opportunity to add another bat into the lineup, which could mean for a lot more runs, a lot uh, bigger, you know, matchups. You know, it, it's, it's definitely going to be something exciting. And I think with it being implemented this year, I think it'll definitely convince the National League to finally just permanently have a universal DH. And especially if we see a lot of positive, exciting results from it. I think that's something we have to uh, keep in mind without a doubt. So that's one of them. Another one that I think is probably the biggest um, thing against, which I did talk about this on a previous um, YouTube video. And you haven't, and you haven't go check it out on my YouTube uh, page where I talked about this uh, to a greater extent. But one of the one of the new rules also is a runner on second base to begin extra innings. So once the extra innings uh, start, so if we get to the 10th inning, uh, the team in the top of the 10th will start the game, will start the inning with a runner on second. So immediately they are trying, Major League Baseball is doing this to try to speed up the game, try to end these games as quick as possible so that we can get in as much as possi possible in case obviously the coronavirus really starts to get really out of hand, which you're starting to see in, a, well, not starting, you are seeing in a lot of these other places where there's teams playing, particularly in Texas, Florida, California, you know, places like that. So that I think is going to be frustrating for particularly pitchers because immediately you have to like have your mindset to say, okay, I can't, I can't, you know, you kind of work my way into this inning. I have to be ready to go immediately, especially if you bring in a pitcher to start the inning. It's like you start him right away with a runner on second, and it could be as simple as guy steals from second to third, gets there, then a guy hits a fly ball to right field, and boom, immediately you have a run, you have a run scored with one out. Like it's just that's how that's how this could be very frustrating. Another one that I thought was interesting to keep in mind is suspended games. Now, Major League Baseball did come out about this and say this. If a game does not play enough innings to be considered like a full game, so I think five innings to be exact, if it doesn't get to that point before they have to stop play, they won't wait around to hope that maybe they can play another inning or two before they call it. They're going to immediately suspend the game and play it at a later date. So I don't know if we're going to – I don't think we're going to get double headers this year. I doubt it. Um, I just think that these teams will be playing – the rest of whatever game that they were playing at a later date when it is convenient for both sides. So that's something to keep in mind. And also every single pitcher has a wet rag and also has their own ball bag. So you'll see them coming running in with a ball, with a bag full of balls and a wet rag to keep the, to, to try to sanitize it as much as possible. And to also, you know, obviously prevent the spread of the virus as much. And I've already seen it. Um, the way it goes, at least the, what Major League Baseball has been saying, is simply that if, you know, a ball has been, you know, thrown around by several players at once, they're going to remove the ball from the field to play. They are going to disinfect it and not use it for five days. So a lot of baseballs are going to be used right away, and hopefully we don't have that point where, you know, teams are running out of baseballs. I think hopefully we don't get to that point. I don't think so, but, you know, it's 2020 and crazier things have already happened this year so let's keep in mind with that um but that's that's definitely something so those are four of the handful of rules that we're seeing this year that are very interesting um one side note that i wanted to mention as well is that 
both Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association are in talks about expanding the playoff format for, I think, next year or seasons, you know, coming up uh, from 10 teams to 16. So it'd be kind of like what you'd see in the NBA and the NHL with 16 teams. And, and that could be a lot of fun. I, I hope that means I would end the one-game playoff, which I think is a, you know, obviously it's a Bud Selig wet dream, and it's a, it's a ridiculous thing to have. So, you know, I would love to see the one-game playoff be absolutely removed because it's just a joke and it's annoying, and it's cost some teams in the last couple of years who've had really good seasons basically be like, you didn't even make the playoffs. It's as though you're wearing a playoff hat and everything, but you get knocked out in one game. It's like, sorry, you didn't really make the playoffs. So it's, it's something that I'm kind of against. Not I'm kind of against, I'm definitely against. So I hope that, you know, this is definitely, um, this is definitely something that uh, prevents the one game playoff from continuing to happen down the road. So with that being said, I think it's time to get into my prediction. So if this is a shorter episode than normal, I apologize. Um, obviously, there's some other things that we'll definitely try to talk about. But that's kind of why I got into kind of a specific thing when it came to you know, my prediction. So what I've done is I've kind of predicted uh, who will win each division in each league um, and then who I think will make the World Series and how many games, who will be the MVP. And then I also decided to uh, – go a little bit further with um, some end of the season awards, two in particular that I wanted to go out. That's who I will think will win the MVP in both leagues and who I think will win the Cy Young in both leagues. So with that being said, let's just jump right into it. So we'll start with the American League and we'll go a little further and start with the American League East. No surprise, I definitely have the New York Yankees winning the American League East with a record of 34 and 26. Trust me, this is going to be the only time that I'm going to say the Yankees are going to only win 34 games. But obviously, because of a 60-game season, that's what we have. But yeah, I think the Yankees are definitely the team to beat in the American League East. I think when you look at the competition that they would be facing just in their own division, the Red Sox are not going to be very good. I think they're now in that rebuilding phase. I think that they, they built their team for 2018, and now they're kind of paying the price. They traded away. Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. They got some young prospects. And so they're kind of, you know, going into a new era with a lot younger players for the most part, not hundred percent, but for the most part. And then you have the Tampa Bay Rays who were surprised last year and nearly, you know, it took the Astros to five games and nearly beat them in the, in the divisional round, but unfortunately couldn't, you know, get over the hump. But you look at the Rays and, they do a lot of the openers. They don't have a lot of guys that really stand out. You know, Kevin Kiermaier is still going to be a very solid player. Uh, the, the, the Rays are definitely a team that could fly under the radar. And, there, you know, there was somebody that I was talking about just before I got on today that, um, you know, they believe that, you know, the Rays are definitely a team you have to worry about because sometimes they get off to a really good start and it's kind of hard to beat them. And they just, they just have ways. They could just be a very uh, team that really frustrates, you know, the Yankees in particular. So that could be one. Then you have the Toronto Blue Jays. Obviously, you have Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You have, you know, Kevin Biggio. You have uh, Bichette. You have a lot of these young, talented players. They also brought in Ryu via free agency from the Dodgers. So they have a team that is very young, very talented. And if they get off to the right foot, um, they can really do some damage. Now, it is unfortunate that they won't be playing any games this season in Toronto, and they won't be playing any games at PNC Park in Pittsburgh as of yesterday. So 
even though they do start on the road, they, do they don't have very much time to really make a decision here. So I think what most likely will happen with that is probably that the Blue Jays will just be the home team in other team stadiums, which will definitely be a disadvantage to them. But at the end of the day, it's just baseball. And you'll see them, you know, they'll just end up playing the way that they're capable of playing. So we'll see. I think, but I do think the Blue Jays could be a, a, a very um, bothersome team to a team like the Yankees uh, this year. But also you have the Orioles, and, you know, the Orioles are not anywhere near the team that they want to be. They're a couple years away from being very competitive. So that might, that's probably not going to be much of a worry. And then you have to remember that teams in the American League East are playing teams in the AL East and in the NL East, and then vice versa for teams in the NL East. Teams are playing regional teams uh, and divisions. So it's AL East versus NL East, NL Central versus AL Central, and so on and so forth. So that's... That's why I think some of these predictions, even though they might seem a little bit outlandish, are understandable considering the competition that they're facing in the regular season. And also because of the crazy year we've already had here in 2020, it pretty much shows that anything is possible. But I do have the Yankees winning the America League East with a record of 34 and 26. Now, the AL Central is a little, a little bit easier because the AL Central, let's face it, is not going to be that competitive. The Royals... Obviously, since they won the World Series in 2015, have not been really that good. The Indians are going to be, you know, half decent. Uh, they still have Francisco Lindor, but it feels like it's only a matter of time before he moves on to somewhere else. You have the Detroit Tigers, who are going to be a very, very, uh, very bad team, to say the least. Uh, not very much talent, not very much optimism, but again, you know, anything can happen. And obviously, you have the Minnesota Twins. And that's who I think is going to win the American League Central. I think that they are not only going to win that division, I think they will finish with the American League's best record. They will finish with a record of 38-22. and 22. They will obviously, just like the Yankees, be relying very much on the long ball. And now that they added Josh Donaldson to their lineup, they're just going to be that much better of a home run hitting team. But I definitely see them being a very good offensive team. Their pitching is going to be solid with Barrios leading the way. Um, and, you know, with Rocco Baldelli as their manager, they really proved that they, can, that they can really be a team that can make a lot of noise. And um, I may have them doing some big things in the postseason, but we'll get to that in just a few short minutes. But I do have the Twins winning the AL Central relatively easily because, again, they're also facing NL Central other than the Cubs, uh, the Cardinals, and the Brewers. They should have uh, a lot of success against that division as well. Now, here comes my first surprise, I guess, for some people might be surprised. I actually have the Oakland A's winning the American League West with a record of 32-28. and 28. I think that the Astros, because of the fact that they're coming off of this, this cheating scandal, several of their players are hurt right now, and because they, they're not as – they're still a very talented team, don't get me wrong, but because they're going to be under the microscope and things like that, they may not have as much success. I think that the – you know, even though there's going to be no fans booing them – a lot of the players are going to take matters into their own hands. I think it's going to definitely affect the Astros throughout this season. And I think the A's, it's their time. With the young nucleus of talent that they have in Chris Davis and Chapman, I think that they're capable of winning that division. And again, they're facing the National League West, which other than the Dodgers should be a division that they should have success with again as well. So I think the A's are going to be the surprise of the American League. I do think that they will end up winning the AL West with a record of 32 and 28, like I mentioned. And 
you know, who knows what they could do in the postseason. Now, it, it remains to be seen. But they're a young, talented team with some really good pieces that could really make some noise. And I, and I think that they will uh, this year. So, And also with the American League wild card, uh, I do think it'll be the Houston Astros with a record of an even 30-30. and 30. I think that even though they will have their own struggles, they will be able to have success like the A's against not only their own division, but certainly when they play the lower half of the National League West. So I do think the Astros will make the playoffs, but they will make it as a wild card team. That's the way that I, I, I look at it from that standpoint. Now, let's move over to the National League. Here's what the National League entails. The National League, we'll start with the NL East. I think that it'll be the Mets. And I know people are going to laugh and say, oh, geez, man, why, why do you have the Mets? Well, I have the Mets with the same record as the Yankees, 34 and 26. And the reason I say it is simply this. I think when you look at the rest of the National League East teams, the Mets have the most guys that come through in those timely situations and just hit for average. And I think in a lot of these games, especially that we're going to be starting in late July and going into August and September, especially when the ball's not going to travel very much, teams are going to be relying on small ball a lot more. And I think the Mets are capable of doing it if they stay healthy, because that's a big thing with the Mets. If they can stay healthy – then I think that they will have a lot of success. And again, just like with the Yankees and the AL East, remember, the Mets are playing the NL East, which is going to be a tough division, no doubt. But they're playing also the American League East, which I think that they can have some success against. And I think that they're better than some of the American League East teams, in my opinion. So I think the Mets are going to be fine. I think DeGrom is going to have another really, really good season, even though it's going to be short. You have Michael Walker and Rick Porcello at the back end of that of that rotation. Marcus Stroman, hopefully when he comes off his calf injury that he just got yesterday, uh, I think will also be very good. And Luis Rojas coming in as the manager, even though he wasn't the first choice because Carlos Beltran was um, pretty much fired because of the whole of, of his part in the Astro scandal. Luis Rojas has gone from being a manager in you know rookie ball to all to working his way up through all the ranks to becoming the manager of the Mets. I think he's earned it. I think it's his time. A lot of baseball is very happy for him and think he definitely deserves it. And, it's, and they feel like it's right for him to be the manager. And I think he's going to do some good things. That bullpen, though, is also going to be very suspect. Uh, can Edwin Diaz um, be the pitcher that he was expected to be uh, you know, last season? And it didn't work out, obviously. Can he redeem himself? Can Dylan Batanzas, who pitched two batters before re-injuring himself with the Yankees last year, can he be fully healthy and be the dominant pitcher that I saw him pitch with the Yankees for a couple of years, you know, and, and that's, and could Seth Lugo, you know, continue to, to be decent, you know, we'll see. So that's it. Can you win a Cespedes, stay healthy? I think he'll most likely be the designated hitter, but I think bottom line, I think the Mets will end up being the ones that come out as the NL East winners. Now in the NL Central, again, not a very tough division, but there are three teams right away. You have the Cardinals, you have the Cubs to a lesser extent, and you have the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Brewers, I think, will be the team that comes out of the NL Central and wins that division with a record of 35 and 25. Because again, as I keep repeating, not only are the Brewers going to be facing their NL Central opponents, but they'll be facing AL Central opponents as well. And we, as we know, the AL Central is probably the weakest division in baseball. That's, that's my opinion. Um, you know, if you guys disagree, you know, you could definitely let me know. I, I would love to hear you guys uh, talk to me about that. But I think the Brewers are going to be a team to um, who definitely has some unfinished business that wants to try to make a run at the World Series. I think now that they've locked up Christian Yelich, they still have uh, Lorenzo Cain. 
They also still have Ryan Braun. That team is still very good. Their pitching definitely is going to be a question mark. Their starting pitching in particular, I think their bullpen will be fine. But as far as their lineup, yeah, I think that they definitely are one of the better lineups in the National League. And I think with, you know, Christian Yelich coming off that, you know, season-ending in, in, season injury last season, I think that he's going to be more determined than ever. And I think he's going to be coming through for a breakout season. You know, I know he's had some good years before, but I think this year is really where he's going to, you know, really showcase himself as one of the top players, not just in the National League, but certainly in baseball as a whole. So I have the Brewers winning the National League East, uh, excuse me, Central, with a record of 35 and 25. Now, in the National League West, no surprise, I have the Los Angeles Dodgers with the best record in the National League with a record of 38 and 22. They will be tied with the Twins for the best record in baseball this season, in my opinion. So I have the Dodgers winning. Not much to say here. They got Mookie Betts for that long extension, so he's going to be a Dodger for pretty much, you could say, almost you know, for the rest of his career unless something happens. You have Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, Justin Turner. You have solid pitching with Walker Bueller. You still have Clint Kershaw, who obviously the question is going to be this year, can he finally have a really good postseason? And maybe in a shortened year, it might give him an advantage. He might not be as tired, and he may be more ready to go once the Dodgers get there. But for the Dodgers, it's World Series or bust, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, trying to get to the World Series for the third time in four years and trying to finally get over the hump and win that World Series that they've been so desperately trying to win. Again, they'll be playing the AL West, and they'll also be playing the NL West, and I think that they'll have a lot of success against both. And as a result, that's why I have them winning the NL West with a record of 38-22. and 22. Now, with the NL wildcard winner, I have the Philadelphia Phillies, 32-28, and 28, winning the National League wildcard. This is why. This is my opinion why. The Phillies are coming in with higher expectation than they did last year. Now Bryce Harper's had a year playing in Philadelphia. He's gotten through the, the dealings of being booted at, in D.C. and the Nationals winning a World Series without him. They're like, that's all out of case. Now they can fully focus and be ready to go. They have a new manager, Joe Girardi who got fired a couple years ago from the Yankees, now gets an opportunity to manage again. He's now in the NL East, which, again, they'll be facing the NL East and the AL East. And they also brought in um, Zach Wheeler from the Mets via free agency. They signed Didi Gregorius to be their shortstop on a one-year deal. Andrew McCutcheon is back fully healthy. JT Real Muto, without a doubt, best catcher in baseball. And most likely, I think, we'll get a big-money deal from the Phillies at some point, maybe not at the, maybe not during the season, but certainly after. Bryce Harper, who is one of Real Muto's closest friends, wants him to be paid, and I think that the Phillies will do that. You know, starting pitching is going to be a question mark for me. Aaron Nola, can he have a bounce back here? I think he will. Vince Velasquez definitely wants to come off that injury-riddled season last year. I think he's capable of being a very, very good number two. Uh, Jake Arrieta, his age catching up to him, it looked like it last year, and we'll see if he can hopefully have a bounce back. Uh, you have Nick Pavetta, who, you know, for some Philly fans I've talked to, they consider to be one of the more underrated pitchers on the rotation, so we'll see if he can, you know, take that next step. Um, I don't know if Zach Eflin's on the team, but if he is, he's definitely the one that I'm most worried about. Uh, Hector Neris, can he be a solid closer this year? You know, one can hope if you're a Phillies fan. But I think the Phillies will be good enough to win 
the wild card and get into the postseason. So that's who I have coming out as the wild card winner. So with that being said, now let's get down to the moment that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. And that is, who does Neil Villapiano believe will get to the World Series this year? Well, it's going to be a surprise. And I think a lot of people are going to flip out. But once I say it, you'll have to hear me out and I'll explain why. But I have the Minnesota Twins taking on the New York Mets. Now, immediately people are saying, all right, forget it. This guy is full of crap. Like, it's a, like, what are you talking about? Well, let's look at a couple things. First of all, it's a 60-game season. And everybody knows that they have just as good a chance as the next to make the playoffs. If you get off to a slow start, there's a chance that you could be really screwed throughout the, the stretch of the regular season. It's a 60-game season. It's not a marathon this year. It's a sprint. You have to be ready to go right away. And that's going to be the big thing. And I think that for the Twins, they're going to be one of those teams that's going to get, get off, you know, on the ground running and just immediately have success. That's why I have them winning their division and having the best record in the American League. And with the Mets, again, since I said that they have one of the more timely hit lineups and because they have a good lineup throughout, and especially if they stay healthy, which I think they will this year, I think that they will win their division. And again, other than the Dodgers, who is really the big-name team going into the playoffs? Maybe the Brewers, you know? And if it comes down to it, and knowing that the Dodgers have choked a lot over the last couple of years, I think the Mets could definitely surprise some people with no fans very low expectations, I think the Mets could definitely do it. And it's 2020. We've already seen crazy stuff happen. This would just add on to the year that it's already been super crazy. So that's the way I look at it. So I think that, it, that the Twins and the Mets are going to be the ones going to the World Series this year. And I think that the Twins, my prediction is that the Twins will win the World Series in six games. And Josh Donaldson, in his first year as a Minnesota Twin, will win the World Series MVP as the Twins will win their first World Series since, uh, what, the year, 1993? Oh, gee, I can't believe I don't remember now. Uh, 1991, excuse me. Um, they will win the World Series. So that's going to be my World Series prediction uh, for this year. If you disagree, let me know. I'd love to hear it. I'd love for you guys to tell me that I'm full of crap. But that is my prediction. Now, let's talk about some individual awards. Like I mentioned, we're going to talk specifically who I think is going to win the MVP in the respective leagues and the Cy Young. For the American League MVP, I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. I think Judge is going to have a year that is not going to be like what you'd see normally from Aaron Judge, but because, again, it's a 60-game season and your star players have to be ready right away, I think Judge will be there. I don't like the fact that he's batting second, but, again, I'm not going to go into that discussion here today. But I do believe that Aaron Judge – will end up winning the American League MVP. I think he's going to be the most ready superstar. I think he's going to showcase why he's one of the top three players in Major League Baseball right now. And knowing that he's going to get a big money contract very soon, having a big year like this where he wins the MVP is definitely going to help him get a ton more money than he may be projected to get right now. So I think Aaron Judge will win the AL MVP. Now, as far as the National League MVP, it's a guy that I mentioned a couple minutes ago. It's Christian Yelich from the Milwaukee Brewers. Because again, I think this is going to be that big year where he's going, to, he's going to come off this injury and be ready to go and be super motivated. And I think he's going to ball out right from the get-go. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think that Christian Yelich is going to be the best player in the National League this year. And, and as a result, he's going to win the NL MVP. Cy Young's. American League, I'm going to go with Garrett Cole. 
I think Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in the American League right now. I think knowing that a lot of the lineups he's going to face, he's going to be, he's going to have a ton of success with. Even though it's going to be a shortened season, I think he'll still be the Garrett Cole that a lot of Yankee fans and baseball fans expect him to be. And as a result, I think he will win the Cy Young um, in pretty convincing fashion. I, I could see him winning like 12, 12 games or so. You know, if, they, if he's able to pitch that, you know, pitch that many games, I think he'll win that. And I think that that's going to be enough to win a Cy Young this year because, again, with the shortened season. And last but not least, who do I think will win the NL Cy Young? Ladies and gentlemen, for the third year in a row, it will be Jacob DeGrom. I think once DeGrom gets past this little back spasm he had earlier this past week, I think he'll be fully healthy and ready to go. I think he'll be the Jacob DeGrom that we've seen before. And because he's facing just the NL and also AL East, and because some of those lineups are not really that great and, not, and, and are, the whole teams are not going to be that good, I think DeGrom will have a lot of success because he'll face these guys multiple times and I think he'll, he'll definitely have some sort of an advantage in one way or another. So the New York teams are going to be dominating the individual awards, at least from the MVP and Cy Young Award winner standpoint. I think that Rocco Baldelli will win AL Manager of the Year. And NL Manager of the Year, I'm actually going to give to Craig Council from the Milwaukee Brewers. So definitely the, the Yankees and Brewers are going to be uh, – Yankees, Brewers, and Mets are certainly going to, in my opinion, going to have uh, a lot of success. Um, with the individual awards. But that is my predictions, and that is going to do it for this edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for, for just taking a listen. And, uh, you know, if you learned something, uh, if you really enjoyed it, uh, I would love to hear it from you. And if you want to check out more, this is what you do. You go on Anchor or Spotify, you type in Mofobo Network Podcast, or my name, Neil Villapiano, and you will find it and you can check out all the podcast episodes that we've done before. I just had a tremendous interview with sports reporter Aliyah Funchal where we talked about, you know, women in the sports industry and how we can better, you know, treat them with, with the utmost respect and, and treat them as equals because I think that's really important that we need to, you know, fix in this, in this day and age, you know, with the Black Lives Matter. I think also we need to be treating women in general just a lot better and, and definitely go check that out. I also have a YouTube video for that as well. And speaking of YouTube, go check out our YouTube channel, Mofobo Network Presents, where we post a weekly video every Wednesday, like I just posted the interview I did with Aaliyah yesterday as this week's YouTube video, so go check it out. And all the other videos that I've done so far, we have a lot of content that's still to come, so definitely like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network YouTube channel, so you could definitely check those out as well. We also have a Facebook page for Mofobo where you can stay up to date with new podcast episodes like this one and new YouTube videos as well. So just go to Facebook, type in Mofobo Network and you will find it and you can stay up to date with new episodes every single week. I also have a hockey podcast called the Devil's State of Mind Podcast. It is the New Jersey Devils-based podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We post a new episode every single Monday on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, everywhere. Uh, we have a website, Devil's State of Mind, where you can check out all the episodes that you may miss, and you can stay up to date with that. You can also go to the hockeypodcastnetwork.com and check out all the other team-based podcasts we have. We have some great characters, some great hosts. Uh, a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's it's such an enjoyable thing. I've only been doing it for about almost two months now, and I've really enjoyed since I started doing it. 
but go check it out. Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter. We have a Twitter account for the podcast at Devil's State of Mind, at Devil State, excuse me. We have an Instagram at Devil's State of Mind and a Facebook page just like Mofobo where you can stay up to date with new episodes posted every single Monday. And last, but certainly not least, go check out my book on Amazon, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. And obviously with this, this, these allegations coming out about Woody Johnson over the last 24 hours, this book may uh, help you understand a little bit more about how frustrating it is to be a Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know somebody who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check it out right now on Amazon and for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan, you know, or, you know, you know, football fan, you probably guessed by now why I chose that specific price. It's available for hardcover and ebook. So my name is Neil Villapiano. Thank you guys very much for checking out this edition of the Mofobo Network podcast. Everyone continue to, to be safe out there, especially during these difficult times with coronavirus. I, I'm, I'm telling you guys right now, I'm being as optimistic as possible. I do believe that we will be finding a, a vaccine for this vi virus soon, and we are going to be you know, getting back to some form of normalcy. Thank you to all the essential workers and just everybody in general who's out there working day in and day out to help us remain safe and to continuously try to fight this, this pandemic. Because without your guys' hard work and determination every single week, we wouldn't be as safe and we wouldn't be as close as we are right now to trying to get back to some form of normal times in our society. So thank you to all of them. Thank you to everybody who listened to this edition of the Mofobo Network podcast, and God bless.